and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Hello. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about success and the secret to success and what that looks like. So, Sam, you ready to be successful? I would love to be successful. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Great. So... If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you'll know that Sam, as well as myself, are fans of Gary Vaynerchuk. If you haven't checked out his Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything, YouTube, go ahead and do that. He also released a new book in April called Crushing It. It is epic. Um, good. The audiobook's cool because he totally goes off script and just randomly talks for like five minutes every couple sentences and you get this like extra dose of stuff. So while you're driving, it's pretty good. That's a free plug, Gary. You're welcome. So he he has a... Yeah, Gary. (laughs) Gary has a quote that is, success is doing what you want to do every day and having nobody have any impact on that. And I really like that and I wanted to start the podcast off with this. Um... So with that said, I really want to jump into what Sam and I both define personally as success in terms of like opinions and goals. Um, so you wanna you wanna take that away first, Sam? Sure. Yeah, I'll give it a go. So success for me uh, is very much a moving target, and it looks differently to everyone. Uh, when I first started in music. I thought success looked a lot like um, awards or like getting a Grammy or having a gold record or a platinum record or working with an artist that your mom actually knows. Um, All of those things for me were successful. Like a rap video? Yeah. (laughs) Having a girl twerk on your hoopty? Yes, something like that. That's success. Um, But yeah, when I started... I was in a band, and I thought if my band got famous, then that would be success, and that would fulfill me. And in reality, those things can, I don't know, they could be labeled as success, or if you get a Grammy, you could say you're successful. But over like the first five years of my music journey, I quickly learned that every accomplishment I achieved as I grew in my career and people I worked with, uh, it didn't really fill this hole that um, I thought it would. So that's not necessarily a original idea. People have been talking about success for years and how money Mm -hmm. and wealth and cars and drugs and alcohol and everything that won't fulfill you or um, make you successful. And some of those things actually can make you happy and they're good, but I would say they are limited good. And by that, I mean they can, you can enjoy them, they can be a part of your life, um, but they won't fill that deep down, uh, I think, hole that everybody has um, that I, I would say can only be filled up by knowing that your worth and your success uh, can't be, um, it just can't be determined by what you achieve in life. And the amount Mm -hmm. of money you have. And I see that in Nashville all the time. Um, When I first moved here, I would go out to um, the cool bars and coffee 
places. And I thought as I went there, I would, you know, I'd go there and get a drink or meet up with people. And I would meet all these people who I thought were so successful because they looked extremely cool and they talked a lot about things they had done or things they are uh, supposedly going to do. And then after a year of kind of doing that, I realized these same people kept showing up just like I kept showing up. And all the things they said they were going to do and that were on the table and this, you know, the song was going to get cut and they were going to get a deal and all these things and uh, none of it ever happened. And I realized within myself too that like I wasn't really moving along. I was just spending $15 on an old fashioned every week and not getting work <laughs> and clients, but it seemed like a, a cool place to hang out. These people seem cool and successful and they talk like they're successful. And that's not to say that... Uh, that everybody you know in these environments aren't successful. But what I quickly learned from a couple of the mentors that I have in town that um, kind of have helped me along is uh, those guys after like 6 p.m. are at home uh, like taking care of themselves, taking care of their family, and going to bed and doing it all over again at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily out and about, um, I'll say, partying and networking. They're focusing on their craft and and learning that their success is, um, you know, being a whole human and being a good, you know, dad to kids and things like that. So that's kind of my um, my overview of success thus far. So what do you think about that? I like it. I wrote down a couple notes. If anyone's hearing, like me, click a pen in the background. I'm, I'm writing notes. I, I would so. One thing I've always found, and this goes back to when I used to fly a bunch, and kind of your first big milestone besides that first flight is, excuse me, when you will solo, when you will fly by yourself. It can happen anywhere between uh, typically 10 and 20 hours, uh, depending really on your skill and the difficulty of the airport. My, I've sold more close to 20 hours because there are a lot of winds that uh, blew consistently across the runway just per how the runway was oriented in the landscape. Yeah. Um, and that's a big milestone. I mean, it's you're doing it by yourself, and it's right. very interesting because like everything performs differently, and it's, it's like this very joyous occasion. Um, but leading up into doing it, there was a lot of... Yeah, I'm going to go do this this weekend, or I'm going to go do this on Wednesday, or I'm going to do this on Thursday, and it consistently would never happen. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I've always found that if like I talk and I run my mouth about something that I'm about to do, yeah, and an opportunity that I'm about to have, that opportunity does not happen. <laughs> and life has a very interesting way of humbling you. Uh huh. Um, so, running your mouth, number one, <laughs> number one. Um, so. The the next point is uh, you were talking Sam about like career and whatnot, and yeah. I think I quoted in a previous episode. Um, there's this company out of the UK, and they do a lot of uh, front of house mentoring yeah. um, for engineers and whatnot. <clears throat> Can't remember. I think they're called Soul Sound. There's a free plug for them. Um, when I used to be a front of house engineer, I used to research them a lot, and the head lady was giving a talk, and she said. Uh, everyone thinks that like, oh, this is my career now, and then I'm going to go jump here, and that's going to be my career, and then this is going to be it over here. <clears throat> and 
other people believe it's your daily nine to five. Yeah. And she said, that is not what a career is. A career is a culmination of one's life work. Yeah. And that struck me and I had to write it down. It's really the only thing about the whole hour long <laughs> talk that she was giving that I remembered yeah. even years down the road to this day. A career is not what you're doing right now. It is a culmination of what you have done and what you are going to do that at the end of your life, it is a culmination of everything you have done. Yeah, I like that. Like I said, I wrote it down. It's one of the few things about it that I still remember. Um, So, and then, um, yeah, and I'm trying to think about how to integrate this last point. Um, You were talking about... um, Say say that like you're at home or you're not able to do what you're doing. Uh, there was an interesting study that was done. Um, I think it was 150 or so basketball players, mm-hmm. and they split them up 50-50. And, it, and for three weeks they practiced doing free throws. Yeah. And um, 50% of them practiced, and the other 50 for those for whatever the duration of time was, they thought about it. Yeah. And it was a very interesting study because they found at the end, whenever they measured the difference between the people who actually physically practiced the muscle movement yeah. and the people who just thought about it, there was zero difference. Hmm. That's interesting. And so it's like, even though you might not be doing something you want to be doing, thinking yeah. about it does actually get you closer to that goal. Yeah. So yeah. those those were like a couple notes that I took. And the, the last one ties into like, if you're at home and you're doing what, not what you want to be doing, yeah. or maybe that is what you want to be doing, or maybe you're not able to do what you want to do, thinking about it does help you get closer right. to that. And uh, back to flying, it was <clears throat> one of the things leading up to a check ride, which is getting your license. Um, you'd be laying in bed or sitting in a classroom or something like that, and you would just be like okay this is how this checklist is run and you would just move your fin- you move your hands and fingers where the switches were the knobs yeah. were and the dials were and they would just like reinforce this muscle memory mm-hmm. and i think that's what the what the whole study was was on muscle memory and if yeah. it was important or not yeah um but yeah i think that's cool well, what do i think success is i have no idea <laughs> um i really do side with what gary's saying about yeah. um being able to do what you do and do that every day and have nobody have any impact on that. Yeah. Um, but you're not always going to have days like that. And some days you're going to be doing right. exactly what you want and it's going to really suck. Yeah. And you're going to have a project that you need to do for the money. Right. Um, but it is not inspiring to you at all. Yeah. But then, on the other hand, like we said in a previous episode, some money does cost too much. Right. So <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll talk about when to turn down yeah. Work as well. Yeah. Um, so what is success? I would say being able to do what you want, and you have to understand that success may not be financial. If you right. want it to be financial, then you're going to have to just kind of deal with the suck of whatever the job is that right. you want yep. uh, in order to have that financial success. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but besides that, it's like if say mastering is your end goal and that's all you want to do and you want to keep your head down and just crank out insane tunes and screw getting a Grammy or anything. It's like, I just want to make the best music that I can. Right. And if that at the end of your life 
is what you did, then you in turn were successful. Right. Um, so something, something kind of interesting that I thought it was a kind of like a, a, a paradox almost. Yeah. Um, I used to run a cigar store, and you're kind of like in a fishbowl just because people looking in the window and whatnot, right. not wanting to get smoky by coming in, and. Eight or so hours a day, you'd be sitting in there, and if you had nobody come in, it was just eight hours of you just sitting there thinking with your thumb (laughs) up your butt. And I was like, "What do I want to do with my life?" And it was this and that. And then I was like, "How come there's always this then what like thing that pops up?" It's like, okay, my goal is that I win a Grammy. Let's just say that's your goal. Yeah. Um. Well, there's life after that, right? Um, you, you have some man or woman that says, well, I just want to get married. Yeah. Okay, well, then what? Like, there's all this, like, <laughs> right. for someone who recently got married two years ago, yeah. there's all this planning and craziness about freaking silverware and napkins and right. which dessert do you like the best and which whipped cream for the dessert do you? It's like, holy what the heck? And do we get a band or a DJ or do we do this or that? And it's like all this planning up to this one day. Right. And what I try to tell people that I'm close to that are getting insanely stressed out about it is you have to realize that there is life beyond this wedding. It's like exactly. you're planning your funeral. It's like I know. <laughs> your life is over after this. You're putting so much yeah. into it. Like you're acting like there's nothing beyond it. But what's beyond it is so much greater than that day. Right ever represented to begin with. I know. It's a great day. Yep. But there's so much life beyond that. So it's a lot of people not really grasping that there is a then what, yeah. like in quotations. Yeah. And what happens after that? Yep. Um, <clears throat> so it's like I'd, I'd make a goal. It's like, okay, I wanted to be a pilot. Okay, well, then what? Well, I wanted to fly for a major airline. Okay, well, then what? And then all that kind of fell apart. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, let's go into front of house. Okay, well, then what? Uh, I guess I'll be touring. Okay, well, then what? Well, then I'll get a wife and you don't want me to do that. <laughs> so then I'll be a mastering engineer. Okay, well, then what? And it's yeah. like, it, it, it's maddening. Right. It's maddening on how to do, on how to create goals. Right. And how to get successful or how to claim that. Um so leading into that, I think that it's incredibly important to set goals for yourself, um, but I think that you should have one goal at a time, at least within reach. Yeah, uh, You can have like a five-year plan or whatever you want. Just know that that plan is going to look very different from how you're planning it to be right. um, for whatever various reasons. But say you have a goal that's relatively close yeah. and say that is winning a Grammy. Um well, you have that one goal, and then you have strategy, and that's when you develop the plan on how you're going to achieve that goal, and that strategy, no matter in which direction it turns, twists, or moves, always moves you closer to that goal. Yeah. Um, a very um, damaging thing to do and a very disruptive thing, a very like negligent, I think was the main word I was looking for, mm-hmm. thing to do is to have multiple goals all within reach and then having one strategy of working your ass off. Mm-hmm. It's like I've seen that several times, whether it's with 
family members, business partners, ex-business partners, et cetera. Yeah. And it's like the only thing that's going to get you is a box six feet in the ground. It's like I had a business partner who ended up with a blood disease in the hospital, yeah. and he spent three weeks there. Hmm. And it's just like, well, what did that get you? Right. And, I mean, that just that's just life. So it's like you need to pick one goal and you need to, and you can have as many strategies as you want. Yeah. Just so long as they move you closer and pendulum around that main goal. Right. Um, and the, the distant goals, I mean, your close goal could be a strategy to get to the longer goal. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well I want to be a mix engineer, a mastering engineer, an artist. Well, that is a goal that would then pendulum around the whole goal of getting a Grammy if that was what you right. wanted. Yeah. Um, so you just, I think that's how you need to look at it. Yeah. In terms of what success is, in all honesty, I think it's being able to do what you want. Yeah. I think it's being able to, at least for me, um, success in my book is what I tell my wife that all I want for her is to feel loved, safe, um, protected, provided for. Yeah. And if I'm doing that, then I'm successful. Yeah. Um, and there, there's really nothing else. And that, and that extends on to our, uh, our little kid that we have. Yeah. So as so long as that's what he feels. Right. Then, I mean, and of course, he's not going to feel that all the time, but right. um, that's what I term as success. And then whatever way that I get there yeah. is what that will be. Yeah. So you got anything to... <laughs> anything to say about that, Sam? Well, sure, I have things to say. Oh, you I, can throw it in the trash if you want to. No, it was bad. no, I think that was all good stuff. I mean, I think to me, like the main thing that I needed or I wanted want people to know about success is that it does always look different from person <laughs> to person, and um, I think what I've learned over the years is that like the physical appearances are so deceiving of success because like on Instagram and stuff, I have people all the time who like hit me up and think I'm some big shot person, you know, just because my stuff looks nice. And Mm -hmm. in reality, um, no one really cares about me, you know? (laughs) I mean, maybe some people do, but... I care about you, Yeah, you care about me. But, you know, it's like, I'm not like a household name or anything. So um, so it's just interesting because I'm always trying to, with this idea of success, to like demystify myself. And, and that's part of what I like to do with mastering and what we're trying to do in this podcast, too, is like help people, you know, understand that in order to be successful, um, you know, it, it looks differently for everybody and for me you know, talking about my success is like, for me, it's basically paying the bills with music and similar to you, like helping, you know, helping my wife do what she wants and, and be herself and her, uh, you know, whole healthy human and, and me do the same. And um, to me, that's pretty much success now at this point. I don't really care um, about any of the uh, credits or Grammys. I used to have this goal. I had a five-year goal when I was 25. I wrote it down like every other day of like, I want to win a Grammy by 30. 
And then when I was like 28, so a couple of years ago, I was like, I don't even care about the Grammy anymore. <laughs> like, this is just, yeah. it was one of those situations where I was like, okay, I win this and then what? And the, the mindset shift happened for me because I had met so many Grammy winners who still didn't have work. And they were still like, un, quote unquote, unsuccessful, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was a wake up call of like, no matter how many albums you do well and great, you're always going to be judged, you know, by your, la- your last thing you did. And then when you do that piece of work, you have to hope the phone rings again or an email comes in <laughs> to keep having work. Otherwise, you have to go get a job or something. Um, <laughs> And so that, you know, I think that for me is is really important for people to understand when you're in the music industry, um, success, people that are quote unquote successful or have, you know, made a living off music for 10, 20, 30 years, had a career mm. in the way you're talking about it, Matthew, um, they are freaking hard workers and they've probably sacrificed more than you ever know. And uh, they've probably uh, had super high highs and they've probably maybe even gone broke multiple times. Like I know multiple Mm. studio guys in town who have, you know, that are successful. Like they're the dudes that are making the music that's on the radio for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And they've all talked to me about, you know, years, slow years or, you know, couple of them have sold their studio and rebuilt the studio, you know, with money and stuff mm. being tight and then being good. And it's, it's not even that people are bad with money so much. It's just this industry is so fickle and that like, it's always changing and you could be mm. like the flavor of the year or, or a couple of years. And then someone new comes along um, and becomes that person. And then all of a sudden all your clients want to go work with this other person. So then you're, mm. you know, back to square one. And, um, you know, in those times you have to choose, like, am I going to keep going? Am I going to keep fighting? Am I going to, you know, get more clients or am I going to go, you know, get my real estate license and sell a house? And there's nothing wrong with getting a job, obviously. Not at all. And I don't want anyone to hear that as like a shameful thing because it's a blessing to be able to work in general in any field, but, um... I think it's just really important if you're going to be doing music and if you're not full-time yet and you think full-time equals success. Um, and this is kind of what I've implemented into the mentoring thing now um, with my new people. And Matthew, you're, you're done, so you didn't get to hear this, but I've implemented this new idea of like when we hit your money goal, you know what you have been dreaming about, what are we doing next? Um, mm-hmm. Because a couple of the other guys that I've been working with <coughs> are essentially making what they want to make and now they're like, what do I do? <laughs> you know, and mm. like it's something I had to figure out too when I started, you know, making a living off music. I thought that would be um, the end all be all. You know, that that would be success. To pay the bills, have a house and a car and, and music paid all of it. I thought that would just be like the end all be all goal and then I achieved it and this isn't at all like a woe is me story it's just you always have to be thinking like you said Matthew about like what are you going to do next you know and if you're if your definition of success like for me for a long time was like I want to be known and I want to have money and I want to pay for things with music 
and that to be a success. Um, if that's your only goal, once you start making money and you start doing that, you'll notice very quickly that you feel uh, still pretty empty. And for those yeah. that maybe listening and are like, bull crap, if I could make X amount of money a month, I'd be thrilled. And there is a thrilling part about it, and it's very exciting. But once you start doing it, and especially I think for me in Nashville, like I see it so much. I see so many people do music full time. It's not weird or strange. It's, you know, it's kind of what this town does. And you see very quickly that there's, you've got to have more, uh, you've got to have something more to motivate you than money because there's plenty of money to be made in music and you've got to have a better definition of success than that. Otherwise you're just going to, you'll make money and you'll piss it away. Like most artists do when they get famous. I love pissing money away. (laughs) It's so fun. (laughs) I don't like doing that. Um, Well, it just goes sometimes. Right. Yeah. You're in, you're in the record store and you're like, Oh, I need this. And I never knew I needed three of these. Right. So it goes sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I think what I'm, what I'm, really trying to say is like I'm just kind of having this little realization is like with artists and some of the artists I've worked with is like you know they have this dream of like having a hit single or something and then it kind of happens and they get you know a million streams and they make some money off of it or it gets cut or goes to the radio and um, and then they make some money and then they're happy but then they like spend it all and then they're broke again and sad Hmm. so like they're their whole life is based around money and they thought money would bring them success and you know then they they spend it all and then they're sad again and it's like you got to you got to find your worth if you never have a hit song as an artist you still should be able to find a way to be happy and like content mm-hmm. and joyful and be a good human um and i think that's hard for people to learn um i even think about this podcast like if I would be hearing this podcast five years ago, I'd be like, these guys are stupid. Like, (laughs) I want the Grammy, and I want the money, and I would love to buy a house and a car, and these guys are just, like, out of touch. But for me, I had to learn it the hard way of of kind of, you know, having some success and then realizing that actually didn't really do much of anything. And at the end of the day, when you go to bed, you're still left with, you, you know, and your issues mm-hmm. and your unresolved hurts or pains and the, your wants, needs, and desires, which, not to get too psychological, but it's like, you know, we all want to be heard and seen and loved and be a part of something. And um, you can be super successful in music and not be really a part of anything. And that's something like I have to fight because with mastering, it's, you know, I sit alone in my room mastering room for like eight hours a day and you do that for a couple years and then all of a sudden you're like I don't even know what it's like to talk with humans like (laughs) I spend (laughs) what is the sun yeah what is this thing exactly you know I start talking to my gear and my walls more than a than a person your plants yeah my plants which I do have plants which I like um but you get what I'm saying you know it's like you you got to have more you got to have a bigger goal, a better goal, a deeper goal than just looking cool and having your name on an album. And a quote, a quote that yeah, I go. have loved, and it's—I don't know why I keep it on my desktop, but I do. Yeah, 
And every time I look at it, it makes me laugh. Just like people who go like way overboard with stuff and <clears throat> yeah. people trying to imitate other people or people trying to go too hard. And it's like, listen, life's like, it's not a sprint. This is, this is a marathon. Right. Um, <laughs> this quote is, every corpse on Mount Everest was once an extremely motivated person. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know why I like it, but it's just like, it's a marathon. Right. It's not a sprint. Right. And you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. And you need to take care of other people along the way. This is this is a group effort, a community effort. Yeah. Can you get through this alone? I think you can, but I don't think it's necessarily worth it uh-huh. to do that. So I would say stay in your lane. Yes. And keep your head down. Yes. And just remember that it is a community effort. Right. If you can't do it, ask for help. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of the it's one of the biggest things that it's one of the biggest like tests of a leader is to be able just to play to your strengths and delegate your weaknesses. Yep. I mean, you're only gonna look retarded if you're trying to do something you can't do. Right. So I mean, that that's my little butt in Sam, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, yeah. That was good. Every corpse on the top of Mount Everest was once an extremely motivated person. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, with that, the motivation thing, too, is, like, you have to you have to be willing to, like, sacrifice everything, almost, to get to where you want to go, I feel mm-hmm. like, with success. And, like, for me, when I started, you know, I <clears throat> when I left the salary job to do quote-unquote full-time music, um, you know, it took a huge pay cut and made next to no money the first year. Um, and that required, like, my wife and I to be like, well, we're not going out to eat, we're not doing these things, mm. not taking vacation, and we're basically going to live off next to nothing to help to see if, you know, we can build, if I can build up kind of clientele and momentum and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I did that for a lot of years and a lot of people never see that. You know, most people don't see the hard work and the hours spent. And it's like, I think about just even yesterday, I worked from like 7 a.m. to like 10 p.m. and my car exploded. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yesterday was not a fun day, really, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, um, my friends went out last night to celebrate a, a tour thing and like I had to say no because I just learned, you know, my engine died so I had to pay for that, which I had some money saved but I didn't ever expect my engine to die <laughs> on mm-hmm. my car. And so I missed out, you know, I I said no, I need to finish this, you know, this mix and so that's what I did. And that's sacrifice, you know, I chose that because that's what sometimes you have to do. And I think that's doing it's so cheesy, like the right thing or the responsible thing, or you could call mm. it just being an adult, like yeah, is so rare um, when you're young. And, you know, I, I'm 30, so I'm not even that old. But I look back at like my 20-year-old self or 19-year-old self when I started and like, I was a child. You know, I acted like a child. I blamed things like a child. I wasn't very adult-like, 
you know, 10 years ago, I'd have been like, you know, oh, yeah, I had a hard day. My car exploded. And, uh, of course, I'm going to go out and get drinks. I'm going to get, like, hammered and have fun, you know, and forget about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead, like, me now is like, oh, yeah, you know, have a good time. I can't go. And then I make myself a cup of tea and I go, you know, work away for four more hours till 10 p.m. And it's like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is, to me, like, the difference um, between people that, you know, I guess are able to make this work and, and I'll say are successful and not like no one, the longer I do this, the more I realize like anybody that's successful is working. Like I just said before, like they're just working so much and they're doing so much beyond what you see online Mm -hmm. and even the albums they put out. Like I got, I know guys who like are so disciplined. They get up one of my guys I work for or master a lot of his stuff for is really successful in town he literally gets up at like 5 a.m. every day, runs five miles with his dog, comes back, gets, you know, sees his kids off to school, then goes to the studio at like 9, 10, works from 9, 10 to like 6, and then comes home, you know, is the dad, hangs out, goes to a show or something. If it's a band he's supporting, <coughs> goes to bed by 10 and does it all over again, and he does it every freaking day, you know. This is a like, mastering guy? This is a producer, mixer guy that oh, okay. I work for. Um, and he is super successful, but it's just like, if you met him, if you, if you knew who it was, you'd be like, no freaking way. Like, (laughs) like you just, it's just one of those things where like, I've heard him tell me about his routine and stuff. And I'm like, well, no wonder you're like super happy and successful. Like you're so disciplined and taking care of yourself. So then you can take care of your clients better. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, things don't really stress him out because he, you know, he's done the work on himself and, you know, figured it out and and that's what you do, you know, and that's to me, I look at him and I'm like, he is like genuinely successful um, because of those things, you know, way beyond, I respect him way more for that than any of the album stuff he's worked on. Yeah. And I think that's, that's like what I wish I could you know, and I think this is another thing I love about Gary Vee is he's so big on like document your process from you know from when you start day one to like when you're successful because people want to see that. And I wish we did have more of that because you know if you could see me in counseling, you know, crying my eyes out because I'm stressed out, you know, three years ago, even when I was having like one of my best years ever, you know, on paper. But I'm in counseling just so unsatisfied with my life because I had, you know, neglected to take care of myself and neglected relationships in order to make X amount of money and a whole mess of other things. But, you know, not really in, many people saw that. And, um, and that is just part of life. You know, that's part of the gig. And for me, success during that time was like, let me get through counseling, get my work done and just like get through the day you know, mm-hmm. and, and start the healing process. And, you know, that's a whole other probably episode of like taking care of yourself, but, um, part two. Yeah. Or two. <laughs> but I think that's the big thing that I'm trying to say in this episode is like success looks different for everybody. Anybody you think who is successful or, you know, on paper is successful. They've, they've probably gotten there by busting their butt and putting in way more time than you've ever realized and also people can look successful as well and be absolutely miserable um, because oh, yes. I've been there. So <laughs> it's, um, 
it's always a moving target. It always looks differently for everybody. And I think, you know, like you said, and I'm a big like believer in this one of like staying in your own lane is like a huge key to success because if you're staying in your own lane, then you're being true to yourself and being true to yourself and being honest with yourself and who you are within your work is like the most fulfilling thing you can be doing. So mm-hmm. whenever I start to try and be someone I'm not when I'm working on a project or if someone wants to hire me randomly now, like not that I do it a whole lot, but like to produce something, if it's not what I absolutely love to do, I will turn it down because I knew no, as soon as I take it, I'm gonna be like, Yeah, this just really isn't me. Like I just yeah. don't make this type of music and I'm miserable. <laughs> like I'm hmm. just not the best fit and you know, it's not worth my time to be miserable for a week to produce a song. Um, yeah. That doesn't represent me and it's not in my lane. So I found the more I've like really stuck true to my lane and just banked on me. And, and it's really, it comes a lot of it is just trusting yourself um, that like your gifts and abilities, the way you hear music, the way you approach music is unique. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's your selling point, which is just a little side tip for everybody. But um, that if you do those things and you stick with it long enough, you're eventually going to, you'll have people that really like your work <coughs> and it just takes time. And um, I don't know. I've just found that the more I do that, the more quote unquote success I have financially and like with the business. And, um, you know, it's not that that stuff really matters, but it does help when you're trying to live in America. <laughs> so um, so that's kind of my thoughts on success again. Oh, nice. Yes. So what do we got? What, what else do we have here? I'd say that <clears throat> there's also... Um, there's also another part of it that uh, a question that you should be asking yourself of uh, what or who is holding you back from that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm not really a proponent of keeping things bottled up. If I have something to say, I'm going to say it um, to a fault, to a very big fault. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have much of a filter between my brain, however large or small it may be, and my mouth. Um especially around family. <laughs> Normally, everybody kind of keeps themselves and whatnot, and it's like, if someone's pissing me off, I'm going to let you know. Yeah. Um, my grandfather has a saying that uh, I'm not going to give you the pleasure of you... I'm not going to give you the pleasure of allowing you to die without you knowing what I feel. Yeah. <laughs> or at least what I, what I think. So... Um, so my question would be, what and what or who is holding you back yeah. from that dream or thing that you'd want to do? Um, I think that should be something that everybody asks themselves. Um, and if nothing else, at least vocalize what you would rather be doing with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, currently am I doing mastering... Um, 100% of the time, no. I, I do have a 9 to 5 job, but it's like I'm not currently in a position to where I can jump ship and yeah. uh, and that sustain itself. But it's like eventually 
that will happen, and I actually do have a, a game plan for how that will go about, and conversations have been laid out and have been had yeah. um, with people in order to make that work. But, I mean, that's very far down the line, and, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, and I know the plans that I need to do in order to... Um, in order to, to make mastering a, a thing. And I've had conversations with my wife and everyone else um, who should be involved in that conversation. And my wife is insanely supportive of that. And she's like, I'd love for you to be around uh, me and the kid a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so whenever we get a house, I'd love for you to, and she's gracious enough, she said, I'd love for you to put a studio in the house. Yeah. Or in the backyard or something like that um, so that you can be around until everyone goes to bed and whatnot. And then you can go off and do your thing. And yeah. I mean, it's like to have that type of support is incredible. And I am eternally grateful to her for that. Yeah. So chances are whoever's holding you back, their opinion really probably doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's like if... I don't know. I I don't want to say if they like truly love and support you and whatever. I don't want to say right. that. But it's like I really if nothing else I think that you should really just voice your opinion. Yeah. And like tell people what you want to do because a lot of this is just kind of bottled up and we're just going like day to day to a job that we hate. Right. And in order just to make some cash in order to do something in on the weekends or something else and it's like I th- I, th- I think that you need to act outside of your typical comfort zone and your typical realm in order to make that something yeah. uh, happen to work. Yeah. And it really just comes down to the question of, like, what are you willing to do in order to make that happen? Right. So Absolutely. my biggest thing above all else, and I think that a lot would change um, if people adopted this concept. Um, and it's very simple, and it's two words. It is stop complaining. Yes. I can't stand when people complain. Oh, yeah. I cannot stand when people whine, bellyache, moan about the reason that something why X, Y, and Z does not work. Yep. There is no benefit to complaining. I guess unless you want to complain to like some place that's like screwing you on your phone bill. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like in general, like, oh, I can't do this because of this, or right. I can't do this because of this. It's like there are ways around all of that to where if nothing else, you can prepare your mind for when you are able to do that. Right. So once again, another Gary V quote that I've said in another episode is the ROI on complaining is zero. It is always zero. It always will be zero. There is no benefit to complaining. Just stop it. Right. And the only person you're fooling is yourself because, frankly, you are capable of literally whatever you want. I mean, we are... We're 30 years old, Sam. We got like another like 60, 70, 80 years. I know. With the way medicine's going, we're going to be on tubes and still turning knobs. Right. It's like, it's going to happen. I know. So it's like, you got a long life ahead of you. Right. It's like, (laughs) I saw this person uh, on a story that Gary Vee posted um, saying, oh, well, I'm 40, going to do this business venture. I think everything in my life has led up to like this type of a moment and stuff like that. And he's like, I'm 40 years old and et cetera. And like, he's like, what do you think about this? And it was a whole paragraph about it. Yeah. And the only thing Gary wrote back was 40 is young as fuck. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, just stop complaining I know. and just do it. Right. There is, I feel like the Shia LaBeouf thing. I never <laughs> watched it. it, but I see everybody else around doing that. Oh, it's that. so funny. <laughs> so obnoxious. With the Shia LaBeouf thing is that clip came out of like a full 30 minutes of him doing, <laughs> um, basically he went to a college in these, I believe it was theater kids wrote out different little segments for him to act out to see how he would do it. And so it's 30 minutes of him <laughs> doing different characters and scenes, like little snippets of whatever they wrote out. Mm-hmm. And it is like, A, he's, whatever you think about him, after I watched that, I was like, he's an insane actor because he just ripped out like 30 different characters in 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, and he didn't know any of them. They just like hand mm. him a sticky note and he reads it and then he becomes the character. Dang. Um, but yeah, it was so impressive. <laughs> like... I want everybody if you if you like the do it clip, go watch the other ones because it's pretty. It's pretty. Might amazing. have to carve out thirty minutes. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to see someone uh, that talented, you know, do something like that. I feel like hmm. it's inspiring. It's like wow, this dude's the real deal. <laughs> so so yeah, don't complain. Yes, just do it. Just there, do it. there's literally nothing that should be holding you back. Right. So yeah, that's good. And if there is something holding you back, then the only thing I say is constantly be putting yourself in a position to constantly be moving forward towards that goal. Right. However slow it may be. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, you only lose if you quit. That's correct. So, I believe in that. Mic drop. Mic drop. So, yes. So, that is success. Basically, Anyone who's ever dropped a mic has never bought a mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, side story real quick. I did. All the right. first microphone I bought was a Samsung CO1U, and it was like $50, and I thought it was amazing. And I rigged it up to hang upside down because I thought that's how you record people, like you hang the microphone, <laughs> microphone upside down for vocalists. <clears throat> and um, I didn't have a proper stand, so I nailed a nail in my closet to hold the microphone up with, oh, the, with the cable. And uh, I had an artist come over, not even an artist back then. <laughs> Who knows what it was? But they came over and like they stepped on the microphone and all of a sudden the microphone fell off the nail. The cable came loose off the nail <laughs> and it just smashed into the wood floor and broke the microphone. <laughs> Session over. Session over. <laughs> It was so bad. I was so pumped. And then all of a sudden it fell and crashed. And then the whole capsule was like dented in half. And I was like, well, this doesn't work now. So don't drop your microphones, friends. Whoever has dropped a mic has never bought a mic. (laughs) Except for me. So, well, like intentionally hanging it off. and Anywho's. That's what I have to say about success. success. And the secret to success. The secret to success is uh, stay in your own lane. Stop complaining. Stop stay complaining. Stay in your own lane. Stop delaying. Stop delaying. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. <laughs> and do what you want. Do what you really want to do. And that's staying in your lane, obviously. But that, that to me was like the biggest game changer of like becoming a master and engineer was never on my radar when I started in music and I fought it for a lot of years because I thought it wasn't sexy or cool because it's not as cool as being a rock star on stage um 
as far as the way it looks. But once I realize that this is what I'm super great at and I love doing it, and um, it, you know, it really does kind of fulfill me, um, I just became a much happier person when I accepted my lane, which is to master currently. So, so do that. Stay in your lane and be That's successful, it. friends. And just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the and If you don't ride. like it, go do something else. Exactly. Don't complain about it. Right. Just jump ship and go do something else. Yes, exactly. Sweet. Oh, life's too short. So, Sam, you got anything else? Uh, just whatever you're having. Have no. A, no. Have a successful day. <laughs> <laughs> Morning, afternoon, tonight, whatever y'all are having, have a good one. Have a successful Cue the music, day. Sam. Cue the music, Sam. Cueing. <laughs>